He's got the breastplate of righteousness. Her feet are ready with the gospel, the belt of truth. Amen. She's carrying a shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. And this lady right here is ready to hit her knees and do battle with the enemy. Amen. I'm going to tell you, so you want to see somebody, some demons start running, get her angry. Get her, and, I, and I don't mean in a negative way like angry at somebody else. I mean mad at the devil. Amen. When you see that, it, you know, you just, you'd better watch out because this lady's ready for it. Amen. So it's my great honor, my great privilege, privilege to uh, turn this microphone over. And I know she's going to have a word from the Lord. Ava, I love you. Good evening, everyone. You can go ahead and be seated. I don't know what to say after all those kind words from Joshua, but we love Brother Joshua. All right, there we go. Wow, that was a deep sigh, wasn't it? Oh, my goodness, it's so awesome to be up here. First of all, I just want to thank my pastor, Sister Renee, for giving me the opportunity to stand up here before you. I don't take this lightly. And I so look forward to sharing the Word of God, any opportunity that I can. But to tell you that I don't get nervous and, 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 and really worked up over it would be an out-and-out lie. So, um, I, but I do trust the Lord and the Word that He's given me. He laid a Word on my heart. Um, within a couple days after um, Pastor asked me if I'd be able to speak, So we're just going to jump right into it. Is that okay with you guys? All right. We are going to um, start out in uh, Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to that, and I'm going to read it. And um, I just ask that you open your spiritual ears, open your heart, to receive what the Spirit of the Lord has to speak to us tonight. Try to ignore my delivery and listen to what it is that the Spirit of the Lord is saying because I really believe he is going to set some things right tonight. And so I'm just going to trust him and um, we're just going to jump right into this word. Matthew 16 verses 13 through 19 and I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it begins with, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So he, Jesus, said to them, But who do you say I am? Well, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and he said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth 
will be loosed in heaven. Father, I ask you, Lord, right now that you will just help us, Father, to understand the words that you've laid on my heart, that I will deliver them, Father, as straight from heaven. Let there be no part of me in this, God. I just want your words to come forth and that we will be set free by the word, Father. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. On this rock, on this rock, if I could have picked out a title, it would have just been this which would have made not a whole lot of sense to anyone if they didn't know what else followed. But on this rock, when we think about rocks, I don't know what comes to your mind, but when I think about a rock or rocks, I think about something solid, right? Would you agree with that? Something solid is what comes to mind. The word rock used in this verse comes from the word petra, and it means a mass a mass of rock. So if rock made us think of something solid, just think about what this word means, a mass of rock, something extremely strong. Jesus mentions this rock, and he talks about building his church on it. So I want you to think about that for a minute. We know that a foundation is very important when you're building a house or a building of any kind church or otherwise, if the foundation isn't right, the building's not going to stand, right? I'm not a builder, but it doesn't take a whole lot to figure that out. Okay. In modern construction, great care is taken. Um, In my mind, somehow, I was thinking, wow, they, they go down to solid rock to set a foundation. And after doing a little bit of research, I discovered that that's not necessarily true. They go down to as far down as they can to where the soil has not been disturbed, and then they, they lay it, like, I, I want to say a ditch, that's probably not the technical term for it, but they pour concrete into it, and there's all these calculations. I was really well educated when I finished reading about how you lay a foundation. I'll go build a house for you right now. But great care is, is put into laying the solid foundation that will support a building, If you've ever been part of the house hunting process, um, we learned a long time ago that you don't go in and look at all the pretty stuff. The first thing you do is inspect around the outside of the house and maybe even head down to the basement first so you can inspect the walls and, and look for signs that the foundation might not be strong. You're going to be looking for cracks, right? That's one of the first indicators that there's a problem or a symptom that there might be a problem with the foundation. And if you find those things, if you find things that point to a problem, what do we do? Well, you're going to call an inspector to come in and check it out, right? Because you sure don't want to invest in a house, no matter how pretty it looks, or all the dimensions could be perfect, the size could be right, the location, location, location is right, but if it has a bad foundation, you're going to make a bad investment, right? Okay, so you want to check that out. The foundation can impact the value of the building and can be very, very, very expensive to repair, right? Anybody been involved with that? Okay, so I think I've made my point about the foundation, The Bible tells us something about foundation construction too, and it's really in pretty easy to understand terms. Probably much easier to read than my uh, foundation uh, specs that I read. (laughs) But in Matthew 7, 24 24 through 27, 
Here's what we learn about foundations from the word. It says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Solid rock is a sound foundation material. Foundation stones of the temple were cut from solid rock. Think about that. Hewn out of the rock to fit. Solid rock stones were used to construct the walls of the building, the walls for the protection around the city. And these stones were quarried to fit for a very specific purpose. And they fit perfectly in place. You can find references to how the temple was constructed and the, and the construction of these uh, stones all through the scriptures. But specifically, there's a reference in 1 King 5, 17 and 18. It says the king commanded them to quarry large stones, costly stones, and hewn stones to lay the foundation of the temple. So Solomon's builders, Hiram's builders, and the Gebelites quarried them and they prepared timber and stones to build the temple. There's other references to the foundation made of costly stones, large stones, some as big as 10 cubits and some 8 cubits. So, stones were used in the foundation and the building of the temples. You get a sense, or at least I do, of permanence and strength when you think about something that's built on a solid rock. Okay. And it makes sense to me, based on what we know about rocks and the the fact that we know that they're solid, that Jesus would refer to rock when he mentions building his church. He wouldn't want it built on any other kind of foundation, right? Okay, I'm glad you're with me. Because there are other references to walls and structures that fall. We just need to take a minute and think about the walls of Jericho. I'm sure they were well constructed, but they fell. Later in Matthew, Jesus even takes his disciples outside of the temple and he shows them the building of the temples and he says, do you not see these things? Surely I say to you, not one stone will be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. I'm beginning to get a little confused. Jesus refers to us, humans, as living stones, right? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, he says, you're living stones. You are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Yet, we've seen many a mighty man fall. True. And we've experienced our own personal failures. Right. 
the very foundation stones of this country, all the way from the Mayflower Compact. I'm not going to have a history lesson here, although I do have copies if you want to read them. You think I'm lying, but they're right here, I promise. Remember Plymouth Rock? Yes. To the founding principles that birthed this nation, from the Declaration of Independence to the preamble of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Constitution itself, founding stones, foundation of this country, strong, permanent, or so we thought. Because one by one, aren't they being changed, modified, dislodged, even removed? What about the Ten Commandments? Yes. Carved in stone. Once graced the halls of every public building. Well, maybe every is an exaggeration, but most public buildings, schools, and courtrooms had the Ten Commandments posted there. There was a time when the Ten Commandments were even etched in our hearts. We learned the Ten Commandments before we learned almost anything else. Would you bear with me while I read them to you? Good. Because I'm going to anyway. Exodus 20, verses 1 through 18. And God spoke all of these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath and that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Keep reading, Ava. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. 
You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, and the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled, and they stood afar off. When I was sharing with my husband, bless his heart, what he has to put up with when I'm preparing to teach or preparing a sermon... But he is so patient with me. Thank you, husband. I love you. And he always shares, he's, he's always careful not to say too much because he doesn't want to influence something that, you know, that, God, that God's laying on my heart. So he's, he's always careful about what he says. But he'll always share with me if God gives him something. And, and we were talking about this, and he said, the Lord just laid this on my heart. He said, it, it reminds me, he says, I just started thinking about the game of Jenga. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The game Jenga with the blocks that you, you set up and they make like a tower. And then the object is to start pulling out one piece after another until it falls. It's a lot like what's happening. It's like we'll reach in and pull this foundation stone out. Let's, let's try to pull out that one that do not kill. It's okay. Abortion to start with. Let's just pull that one out. See if it falls. It doesn't. Let's go on to the next one. Let's just maybe pull out that you'll have no other gods before me. And then we hug at that next one, you know, the honor your father and your mother. And so it goes. We just keep pulling each one of them out. It seems the foundation stones are being removed all around us. Solid rock stones that we thought to be permanent. Rock solid. Yet they seem movable. And I know I'm going in a different direction. It seemed like we were starting, but I'm getting someplace. Just hold on. I want you to think about it for a minute. Because even the forces of nature can bring destruction to the strongest of buildings, right? I mean, just watch the news after there's been an earthquake or a flood. And you see the destruction. Towns literally flattened. Buildings that were once you know, stretching to the sky, reduced to nothing. And even man-made events can cause movement in the ground. Man goes over here and cuts out a section for whatever it is that he's trying to accomplish, and then the effect over here is the ground shifts. The force of water cuts through gorges, makes canyons through solid rock. Man can even move entire mountains now. 
Just drive down through the coal fields. It's not difficult to see what we can now do. We can move an entire mountain top in order to get to the resources that are beneath the ground. We can move entire mountains in order to make way for cities, to move a river, to move a railroad. Just drive down Route 23 into Pike County, Kentucky, and see the cut-through project. It is unbelievable drive up to the top of the mountain and look at it. They literally cut through a mountain and moved a river so that the town could expand. It's, it's unbelievable. And when they continued to build 23, there's an area down into Virginia that you can, you can see where they, they cut through the mountain exposing rock formations that had never been seen before. People came from all over just to come and see that. And come to think of it, you and I have the power to move a mountain, right? Matthew 21, 21 says, And Jesus answered them and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. Seems like solid rock foundations can be moved anywhere. Yet, I love that word, yet, in the verses that I read to you back in Matthew to begin with, Jesus, who is the master teacher, he is. He could take any natural reality and change it into a spiritual, a supernatural reality for those that were listening. He changes the name of the man, Simon Barjona, to Peter, which means Petros, which means a single rock that can be removed. The rock Jesus referenced, remember I said, was Petros, combined rocks. All right. So he contrasts the rock that would never be moved the foundation of the church him him he declared on this rock the rock Simon Barjona declared and defined you are the Christ son of the living God On that rock, the only rock, the only rock that cannot be moved, cannot be moved, every other rock, sound and solid as it may be, can be moved, but not Jesus. If you want to do a little word search using your electronic devices at some time, Just search for the word rock. And you will come up with a whole list of powerful scriptures. Let me share just a couple. I have a long list too, but I'm going to just share a couple of them. 
It says in Romans 9.33, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. And it also says they drank of that spiritual rock that followed him, and that rock was Christ. Deuteronomy 32, 4, he says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice. Righteousness and upright is he. 2 Samuel 22 and 2, 32 and 47. These are all combined together. And he said, and he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. For who is God except Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The Lord lives. Blessed be the rock. Let the God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. This, the psalmist goes on and he talks about the rock too. He says um, in 62.6, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense and I shall not be moved. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock, to the rock of our salvation. I read those verses and I think about what I've just shared with you, and I, and I wonder, why did God have me tell you about this tonight? And I've asked him that question and pondered over it. These are verses that you've heard over and over and over again. We've heard them preached on. We've studied them. And even here in this house over the last weekend, they were referred to by both. Bishop Matthews, and Apostle Millfield. So I asked himself, why tonight? Why are we going to talk about this again tonight? And this is the answer that I found. Too often, too often, I think that we, we all find ourselves or at least maybe I do, maybe it's not you, but for the sake of argument, I'm going to say maybe we all find ourselves placing our confidence in all kinds of rocks, rocks of all kind. Government officials, people in general, programs, rules, laws, all sorts of things. We find ourselves putting our confidence in them, thinking that they are unmovable. And all too often we find out that they do move. And sometimes it's heartbreaking, right? And even while we're thinking about that, the largest rock form or the, the largest mountain formations or rock formations are wearing away as we speak. If you've ever gone back to your hometown or gone to a, a place, revisit a place that you haven't been in a while, you'll be shocked to find that some of the familiar landmarks are gone. Well, maybe if you get as old as I am and you go back, some of you younger folks that won't apply to, but you go back to a place expecting to see something there and it's not there. No foundation, no nothing. It's gone like it never existed. 
And I think too often we do that. We get our hearts set on things that we were never meant to put our confidence in. A while back, and I don't exactly remember when it was, I had a dream or vision or whatever you want to call it. We won't argue that right now, but I clearly saw coming onto a what looked like had been a battleground or a building or what was left of it. And I could see people taking the foundation stones and carrying them off. And I didn't know what that meant. I, I really didn't. And when you have a dream or God shows you something, the first person you go to is him to talk to him about it and find out what am I supposed to do with this? What does it mean? And the first place I always go is to the scriptures to see if I can find a scripture reference to go along with it. And I did, but it still didn't make sense to me. But now I'm beginning to understand. I'm beginning to understand now after this word tonight that there are foundation stones that are being removed. Some should be removed. Okay? We'll, we'll say that. But there are also some that maybe we need to rise up and stop the removal of some of those foundation stones. They weren't meant to be removed. What does it all mean? What does it all mean for us here tonight? Well, I think Jesus made it crystal clear. I really do. He said there's only one solid rock foundation and only those things built on the only unmovable, unshakable, impenetrable rock will stand. Only those things built on him will stand. This rock, Jesus. Only on that sure foundation the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Tonight, we've looked at this well-known scripture. It's been referenced before. It's been referenced time and time again. We even sing about it, right? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I don't know if you're familiar with the rest of the verses, but it goes on to say, when darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace, and every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood supports me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. As familiar as the scripture is to us and the songs that we sing, at the same time, we allow the rock, the foundation stones, to be removed and carried away. We allow that to happen in our own lives by complacency and compromise. 
with so much movement going on around us, it is so easy to lose sight of what is really important. We get our sights set on all of the shaking going on around us. We get our sights set on what's crumbling over here and what's falling out there and one thing after another that's happening. We need to keep our minds on what's most important. There is a saying out there that's quoted in management circles that says, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing the most important thing. It's easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? But what is the most important thing to us? Jesus. 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 Build on any other foundation, and it's going to fail. Foundation will fail. Build on any other rock, and the foundation will fail. He talks about building his church on that rock, and I just want to say this. This is not the time and never will be the time to turn from the church. God's desire was for there to be a temple to be built where he could dwell. In the Old Testament, he said for it to be built, and it was. In the New Testament, we are that dwelling place. But he also exhorted us not to forsake the assembling with others, gathering together. We are those stones that are built to be fitted together in this house, in the church. We need to find a place where we fit in. And I'll turn attention to here and here in our house, one life church. We need to find our place and get fitted in. You are hewn out for a specific purpose in the house that God has called you to. We need to get busy about finding that place to serve. And you know I'm going to have to get in a life group plug. We've got to get connected. It is the best way to get connected is to be part of a life group. So tonight... I've said all of that to remind you about Jesus being the rock. I believe in my heart that what we need to do is this. We need to be renewed. We need to be renewed in our focus to put Jesus first in every area of our lives. Every area. We need to resolve to get people to Jesus. We need to resolve to put him first in area of our lives and resolve to get people to him. And then we need to be revived in our purpose to go. Okay? both to serve God in the body 
in his church. We need, we need to do that and to go into the world and be the church. Amen. Yes? Okay? That's what I believe out of this message that God is saying to us. Put me first. Put Jesus first. Get people to Jesus. And listen, that's probably going to happen out there in all likelihood. But as you're putting Jesus first in your life and you're lifting him up in your life, people are going to be drawn to you. So be ready to tell your story. Be ready to tell what he's done for you. Like Pastor Matthew said the other day, nobody can mess up your testimony. It's yours, right? Be ready to share that. But also be ready to come here and be your part in the body so that when we've introduced people to Jesus out there and they come into the church, then we're ready to serve them and help them and encourage them so they can experience God here on even greater levels where we can equip them to do what you've done to go out and share the Jesus that's in you. Yes? Because he is coming back. He's coming back. He's going to come back and set things right. And it's sooner than later. And we need to be busy. We need to get busy. We're going to look up into the air very soon and see him coming back for his church. And he's going to set things right when he comes back. I'm fairly certain that once he comes back and things get started, there isn't going to be anyone left here who's not going to believe. Unfortunately, it's going to be too late for them in many cases. But tonight we need to set some things right too. And I believe he's going to do that. Because I just, I just don't think he gave us this word to turn our focus to the Jesus the rock for nothing. So let's do this. Let's just come up here and get a rock. Come on up. Don't be afraid. Come up and get a rock. Jesus. Let's just spend some time focusing in on what it is that God is speaking to you through this. He wants to set some things right tonight. It may very well be that as you come and get your rock, you know that there's been these times in your life that maybe Jesus isn't first in some area. And I ask you just to begin thinking about that and letting God deal with you in that. Lift it up to him. That if all the areas in your life are right, refresh your resolve to begin to bring people to Jesus. Maybe as you're holding that stone right now, you can think of somebody right now that you can share the love of Jesus with. Maybe it's a time to recommit your own purpose to where it is that God would have you serve here or where it is that you need to go. Let's just, let's just go to him with this. Father, we just come before you, Lord. So thankful, Father, so thankful, Father, that you are the solid rock. 
that you are immovable, that you cannot be moved, you will not be moved. And if we set everything that we do on you, Father, we know, Lord, that you and you alone are going to be our help. You are the one that we can count on that is immovable, that nothing can penetrate, that if we build our lives on your foundation, it will be solid. All the other foundations will not stand. Father, we know that there are foundations and things that are being removed in our lives even as we speak, Lord. We know that there are foundation stones that are trying to to be shaken loose. Maybe marriages, the foundation of marriage is being shaken by the the world coming against us with the the pictures and things that we see in movies and on television and and on how families are are portrayed as, as not the way that the Bible portrays families, Father. Lord, we come against that now in Jesus' name. Father, we just proclaim that we are going to be united, united in our marriages that are going to be set on the rock of Jesus Christ. We are not going to believe what the world says about marriage any longer, and we are going to stand on this. We are going to go to the rock, and we are going to start speaking Jesus over our marriages. We're going to start speaking Jesus, the rock, over our children. We're going to begin believing that they are going to come into the saving knowledge of you. That, that right now, even as we're thinking about this, we're thinking about this rock, we can see the rock drawing them so that their foundation would build on you, not on the things that the world has told them, not the foundation stones that the world is trying to say don't matter anymore, that they will once again begin to see that the words of the scriptures, that they will begin to see Jesus as the one that they need in their lives. Father, I just ask you, Lord, to touch every single person that is in this room right here and right now, Father. And that as they're holding this rock in their hand, Father, remembering that you are the rock. You are the one that is permanent. You are the foundation that we can stand on. Lord, that you will touch each one of them right now. And if there's any area in their lives, Father, that that you are not first, that you would just show yourself strong to them in that area. Father, if there is anyone here, Lord, that knows someone who doesn't know you, that there will just rise up in them a desire to go to that person, and you will have already gone before them. Begin to draw that person, to draw them in, so that we can begin to show the world who you are. And show us, Lord, the places that you would have us to serve. Show us the places where you would have us to go, Lord. And we will obey you. I thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Father, for the rock. Thank you. Nothing left 